Hey, there's a canary in the proverbial radio mineshaft, Keith, and I think it's WTOP. Hey, and you know, I had a comment from a listener the other day. He said he loved our stories with Ed Stoltz. So we're going to talk about Ed Stoltz, our resident drama queen or king, and his latest move in court. And one of Odyssey's great talents, great radio talents, retires, or did he? Well, good morning. We are back with another edition of Media Insultant. Our opinions, ideas, comments, snarky comments, you know, anything we want to say. We primarily do it in the hope of benefiting our friends in the radio and TV sales and management business, uh, you know, that uh, we've known over the years. I'm Jackson Weaver. I'm in the Pacific Northwest where the rain has returned and the smoke has gone away and the Hawks are on a run, Keith. Oh, yes, they are. Yeah, all of a sudden, Pete Carroll is the coach of the year, and you guys were ready to run him out of town. Geno Smith, baby. Here's your guy. Anyway, welcome back, Jackson. Great to see you again. And uh, and what a great week it was, uh, getting all the feedback from Delilah. Wow. We, we yeah, blew, that was fun. We, we blew up the numbers with Delilah. So thank you, Delilah. It was great to have you, and, and thanks to uh, everybody that checked it out. Yeah, and of course, it's still up, uh, both on the audio podcast and the video on Vimeo. Podcasts are available anywhere. Anybody that wants to catch up on what it's like to be a superstar and return to small-town radio and to your roots. Great interview with her. Anyway, that's Keith Samuels, just so I formally get you introduced, Keith. Keith's in Los Angeles. We do this each Tuesday and Friday. So today, we want to welcome you to the Tuesday, November 1st episode of Media Insultant. Keith, before we jump into today's lead story, Cumulus came out with their earnings report, and I think they are the first publicly traded broad... All right, wake up. Oh, yeah, sorry. First publicly traded broadcaster to to come out. uh, Their revenues were down 1.9%, but they might, if they get real lucky fourth quarter, they might hit a billion this year, which, again, is down. You saw it. What did you What did you think of the of the first earnings report for the third quarter? Well, I'll have to wait and see what the numbers compare to other groups and how much they are down or not. You know, down two percent is essentially flat. But I think the comment, the telling comment in in uh, Mary Berner's uh, report to the markets and to the trades was that it was primarily due to a decrease in national advertising. And um, uh, so I don't know where that um, if that's going to go across the board, if we're seeing a, an overall decrease in national, maybe national just stayed away in third quarter because of all the competition from political advertising that's that's filling the airwaves up until this next week. So we got another week to go with political advertising flooding the marketplace. Uh, so we'll see what that uh, what that means for them. I also looked at it and thought because their digital was up, you know. Our, our, our overall uh, broadcast revenue was down, but digital was up. So are we trading uh, over-the-air OTA revenue uh, dollars for digital dimes? Sure looks that way. And so we'll see uh, how this compares to uh, the Odysseys and the iHearts and the Sagas and all the other public radio companies that come out. And we're also keeping our eye on some of the TV folks because the TV folks haven't had a spectacular third quarter either. Well, not in terms of local revenue, but you can bet their political has has gone through the ceiling. You know, I just had a couple of uh, quick observations on it. One is Mary talked about their debt-to-equity ratios down to 3.7, which 
it is an improvement, but you know, it optimally should be at two to two and a half. So mm-hmm. we're still highly leveraged, and I think iHeart's at about a seven or eight debt to equity ratio. And the other observation I had is they generated just about a 10% net profit on their revenue. And I remember the days when, you know, you could make 40 or 50% in this business. So that some of that's reflected in the fact that digital isn't as high margin. And some of it is just the fact that rates are really tough right now. So We'll keep an eye on these and talk about the others as, as they come along. And speaking of canaries in the coal mine and giving us a warning of what's coming up, Washington, D.C. has a Hubbard radio station. And I think we'd, we'd agree that this is probably the most prestigious radio station in North America, WTOP. Top billing station in the country. They hit $70 million last year or a couple of dimes under it. But audience and billing are down, so what happens, Keith? Well, legendary uh, general manager Joel Oxley comes back from the Marconi Awards and admits that listening and revenue are performing below 2021. So he's not very happy about that. It's a huge admission for the biggest billing station in America. So they, they announced that they're offering contract buyouts under a voluntary separation program in their newsroom. And I went, what? What? Joel's cutting back? That never happens. No, but apparently the, uh, the tea leaves that he's seeing, and, and he's a realist, you know, uh, so he's, he's really looking at where the revenue is going to end up for 2022 and also looking at what's going on in 2023. And in that particular unique marketplace that, that Joel and WTOP plays in, which is government influencers and pushing – uh, different initiatives. Everybody's not sure what's going to happen and who's going to be in charge of Congress. And so I think he's seeing a, a big pullback that's probably affecting his market and his station more than, than anyone else would be affected. Still, to be offering uh, you know these buyouts for newsroom non-managerial newsroom staff aged 55 and over, meaning those of you uh, boomers that are making a lot of dough, uh, along with uh, a combination of if your tenure and your age equals 65 or more, you get a buyout uh, program offered to you. It's just really, really uh, uh, indicative that, that 2023 is going to be a very difficult year. Uh, the other takeaway is that Craig Schwalb also left the building, and Craig was their... Uh, director of content integration and operations. He was basically the programming guy. And right. he'd come down there two and a half years ago from WABC in New York. And so he's left the building as well. So there's another salary that Joel doesn't have to pay. Uh, and, and he's really, he's kind of, he's, he's, this is the tip of the iceberg for cutbacks, I think, for, uh, for TOP going into next year. Well, the, uh, the, the question, of course, for most of the business is how, how much more room is there to cut? You know, we're really getting to the point in, in, a, in a lot of stations where there's just a minimal staff. You know, that was one of Delilah's comments last week. She said, I have more people on the air in my radio station in Reedsport, Oregon, with 4,000 people than her affiliate in New York City has, which is <laughs> know, my pretty, affiliate. So. Yeah, it's a pretty dramatic comparison. If there is a, a radio station in America that has a robust staff that, that Joel probably has the largest staff of any single radio station in America. So uh, that, you know, so when we look at what he's doing to cut back, 
the luxury that Joel and his programming team, and certainly even on his sales side with Matt Mills, has had is that they've been able to staff this station to do the job that they really know they can do. Now, uh, it's not looking so good. And so he's got to do some trimming. Yeah. Uh, and let's just hope that that's, that's minimal. Well, and speaking of trimming, it looks like Scott Shannon, uh, who almost everybody in our business knows, um, has uh, retired again. Maybe this time for good, maybe not, and maybe not at his at his own initiative. Uh, just to bring people up to speed, Scott Shannon was the originator of the morning zoo format. Uh, you know, with lots of in studio characters and and bits. He started it originally on Q one hundred five WRBQ down in Tampa when Eden's Broadcasting owned it. But in '83, he moved to New York for the most amazing zero to hero kind of a thing that has ever happened in radio they took a brand new radio station Mallright, i think owned it at the time and put it on the air with a top 40 format and they went from worst to first in 74 days in fact there's a documentary by the same name that's floating around i haven't seen it but be interesting to watch it and you know as his career progressed uh, he had a west coast ride he uh, was the original morning guy for the pirate in Los Angeles, and that didn't work out very well, so he headed back to New York in uh, 91, and he joined WPLJ, which was then owned, I think, by ABC, and they were a direct competitor to his original format, WHTZ, so he had bounced around, but he stayed at PLJ for years and retired in 14, then he joined WCBS a couple of weeks later when CBS still owned it, the FM side. So he's been doing mornings for the better part of his life. you got to hand it to the guy. He's 75 years old, and that just makes me want to take a deep breath and go take a nap. I mean, this is, this guy has just been getting up at 3.30 for his whole life, and now now he's got a little time to take it easy. What's your thought on this? Is, this, uh, is, is he going to come back one more time, do you think? Well, it depends on his non-compete, doesn't it? Yeah, it does indeed. That's a really good point. That's a really I, good point. I, yeah, I think I think I think Scott's been retired. Um, I think the, I think the knock on the door came and said, you know what? It's been a great run, uh, but we're going to. Well, they don't say this, but they're going to go younger and they're going to go a hell of a lot cheaper because Scott's carrying along a boat anchor of a big salary. You know, the brain trust at Odyssey, New York, and Chris Oliveiro is is certainly one of the brighter guys in our business. And is basically going. You know what? This can't go on forever. Uh, let's just let's just wrap it up right now. Let's let's hold the party. Let's say goodbye to everybody and uh, move on. Yeah, it is reflective, I think, and we talked about this earlier of uh, what probably is going to be a decline in the audience level for classic hits. Classic hits is a very big format right now, but it's continuing to age. And my hunch is they want to try and move it a little bit younger. And getting getting a seventy two or now seventy five year old guy who's doing mornings out probably makes sense. All right. Well, our saga with Ed Stoltz continues. Keith, the the, the giving just keeps on giving. I think our audience, most of them, will remember. Ed has a three station group that's in bankruptcy, but he he wants the stations back permanently, and he's actually operating them right now. And what's amazing is he says he can sell, quickly sell the Las Vegas FM and the San Francisco FM for in excess of $15 million each. And 
That's plenty of money, he says, to pay all the creditors that are barking at his door. And he's got a list of creditors that goes on and on and on. Well, but this this is the thing. And you've got to wonder if the court is going to buy this because if he's got buyers who are interested in paying for it, he needs to bring them forward, first of all. Second of all, Larry Patrick has tried to sell the stations for years and had absolutely no luck. Finally worked a deal with a religious group, uh, VCY, I think is the name, VCY America. That's correct. There, there's proof that there's no value in these stations anywhere close to $15 million. I mean, the, the, these are, it's really embarrassing. You know, there's no market for radio, particularly standalone radio these days. His Vegas signal is a full C, and that's um, uh, and he claims he's done three thousand a month since he got it back from the receiver. Okay, here's the deal, Keith. You give me fifteen million dollars, I'll give you an asset that's generating three thousand dollars a month. Those guys are all over the place. We'll find those guys, and we'll get that cash from them. So yeah, let's 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 back up there, Jackson. Three thousand dollars a month in ad revenues equals seven hundred and fifty dollars a week. Okay. Now we've been out, you know, I, I haven't been on the street in a while. I think I could do a little bit better job than that. Uh, it, even just selling paid programming segments on that dog in, in uh, Vegas. But the, the point is, is that while he's claiming that he can get a lot of revenue for these stations, the the backside of the story, and this is probably where Patrick and the VC, VCY people are just scratching their heads going, he's not a great operator. He's a horrible operator. Doesn't pay his bills. He can't sell advertising. One of the stations still isn't on the air up in Alameda, right? That's still off the air. Right. Uh, the other stations have been on and off the air. Why this battle goes on is is amazing to me because Larry Patrick really was running the stations. He was trying to clean these things up. He was getting them back on the air. He found a buyer. He was going to pay off the music rights companies. He was going to pay off the, the people that are renting space on the top of their buildings where the towers are located. He was going to clean up the entire mess, which is what the courts originally said when they made Larry the receiver, right? He made him, you know, but Ed thinking, my gosh, this is my my family wealth. This is my personal wealth. I'm getting screwed here. I need, I, so he get, he talked somebody, another judge, into giving them back to him. And now it's this, this dual track of legal uh, uh, shenanigans. And he's even going to sue Larry Patrick for $6 million dollars. This is it's it's just it's absolutely crazy making, but that's the point. That's Ed's strategy is to drive everybody out of their minds so they just go away and leave him with these stations that he can eventually sell for a few hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, and I think you you hit it on the head. You know, he's it's ironic because he's now thinking about he's talking about filing a suit against Larry Patrick and one of his many attorneys, which he hasn't paid for a break of fiduciary duty, whatever that means. And he thinks it'll net him $6 million alone from Patrick. I mean, uh, you know, the drama does keep on giving. And as long as Media Consultant it. is here, yeah, we're, we're going to keep banging on banging on that door. Well, Keith, uh, we do have to run. We've covered our, our key stories for the day. Uh, we will be back on Friday. And we have a bit of a disagreement with the guru, Gordon Burrell. So I hope everybody will tune in and hear what that's about. Media Consultant drops new episodes each Tuesday and Friday. As you know, we're on all the podcasting platforms, as well as the video is on Vimeo in the Media Insultant Showcase. 
Media Consultant is a production of InTown Media. We're an interim broadcast management company, and comments are always welcome at Jackson at InTown Media, or you can just ping us on our postings on uh, LinkedIn. We always get a lot of feedback that way, too. We will be back on Friday, Keith, where we uh, tangle a little bit with Mr. Burrell. And, uh, boy, go have a good week. I'll see you on Friday, buddy. Oh, yeah, we've got cold temperatures coming to L.A., Jackson. So I'll be in a sweater come Friday. There you go.